We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 48. I am reading from the NIV. Um, it was not my first choice, but uh, I just, a lot of times I like to, just so you all know, and, and you're going to, you'll probably, you'll know more about me at the end of this service than you do right now, but um, I use the NIV sometimes in some other translations just because I want to make sure everybody understands it. Sometimes, I grew up with the King James and love the King James, but so many times you need a translator. I want to make sure you understand it. So today I'm reading from the NIV, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48, starting. Uh, this is the story of, of David, and, um, and it says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him, and he took hold of the Philistine's sword. Everyone say, you took hold, took hold of Goliath's sword. He took hold of Goliath's sword. And drew it from the sheath, and after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Now, this is a very familiar text, and you could pe- preach literally a hundred messages from this single text. Um, but I, I just want to talk to you for a little bit uh, about what's in your hand. What is in your hand? Um, it is about 10 years ago or so, maybe, maybe a little longer now, I was, uh, I was walking through a, a bookstore at one of the universities I attended at one time, and I looked, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. I, I was kind of looking through some books, and felt like the Lord asked me a question, and he asked me, where are the Davids? Where are the Davids? And I felt immediately that God began to, to just unveil to me that God is looking for a people who are going to stand. A people who are going to stand out on the battlefield facing the giants of their day. Facing the giants, whether they be personal or corporate, whether they be cultural or just local. But whatever the situation, God is looking for a people who will stand in faith. Trusting only him and only what he's given them. Knowing that he alone brings the victory and that he alone causes for his people to triumph. Knowing that, that no matter what, if you are on God's side and God is on your side, then, then you're going to be all right. And that, that more than just you is standing in front of the giant. See, God is preparing a people not just simply to, to come to church, and coming to church is good. We're glad you're here. Um, but it's not about just simply coming and, and being um, faithful to tithe and stuff like that. All these things are good. They're important. But God is trying to raise up champions. God is trying to raise up a people 
who are more than just simply uh, participants in a Sunday morning activity. He wants people who are going to become conquerors. He wants the people who are going to rise up, that are going to become strong in him, strong in faith, trusting him for the impossible. Because the beautiful thing is that God, our God, is a God of the impossible. I love that. I love that, that God can take a shepherd and lead him to a sea and say, part, and it parts. I love that Jesus, you know, while here on earth, can, can walk up to a blind man and open his eyes, walk up to a, a deaf man and open his ears, and open, come to a, a lame man and cause him to walk. He can even cause the, the dead to be raised. God is the God of the impossible, and, and we have got to step back into a place where we begin to press the envelope of our own personal faith. That we begin to not be satisfied with just simply the victories of yesterday, but we live in victory today. That we press into the right now moment. That what does God have for you now? I don't know any of your stories. If I find out anything about you, it'll be because Jesus told me. Although I do know a couple of people. I know, I know the, the spinning class lady, and the, I, I know... Now, if there's a quiz afterward on names, I am dead meat, just so y'all know. Um, but, you know, the reality is that, that you alone know where you come from. You know your story. You know where God's brought you from. You know the victories he's, he's brought you to, and you know the things that right now are standing in front of you. And I want to just say on the front end of this, this little time we've got together that, that God wants you to begin to press. He wants you to not be satisfied with just victories from yesterday. He wants you to have victories today. He wants you to move into a place where he can begin to do the impossible in your life right now. Because then, then we become fully the people God created us to be. Because he did not, God does not just take passive people. You know what's cool about being part of the church? The church has always been on the forefront. When it came to colonizing the world, it was the church that did it. Because they were trying to reach people that didn't know Jesus with the gospel of Jesus Christ. King Ferdinand of Spain, his sole purpose in sponsoring all of the, the colonization of, of Central America and, and Florida and all of those areas was strictly that the Indians would know that there was a God in heaven who'd sent his son and that there was salvation in no other name other than Jesus. It was the Christians who started the, the printing press for the sole purpose of printing Bibles. It was Christians that, that have always been the ones who pioneered the work. We, we started hospitals and we started schools and we've started orphanages and all these things. Christians, the church has been the ones who've been the, the actors, the, the participants, the one who've been forging a way when there was no way, cutting a trail and becoming trailblazers. And, and I feel like sometimes we have, have gotten a little, we, we've lost a little bit of that, but you know, that's your heritage. And God, God doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, so this I know, if that's our heritage, well then, honey, that's what the will of God is for us right now. And so let's get into a place where, where God can begin to elevate us. And I just want to begin to create some, some thoughts maybe in your mind today that would kind of push you forward. Because it's important 
that we begin to win victories. Because victories prepare us to reign. Kings are established through victory. Even in this country where we elect our, our kings for a while, they're still established in victory. And, and the victories you have won and the victories you will win end up becoming the weapons in your hand. They become the weapons that, that you will use later to see other victories. And what's amazing about victories, for most of us living in America today, you know, your victories might be simple ones, and that's why you miss them. It might have been getting up out of bed this morning when you really wanted to sleep in. It might be, you know, getting up for work tomorrow. Young, uh, my student friends here, it might be, you know, getting ready for school. And when, when does school start? Like three weeks? Four weeks? Oh, that's good. You got a week longer than we do in Connecticut. And, and you know, but the thing is, is that those victories, those little victories, are things that, that are creating structure in your life. They're creating victory in your life moment to moment, getting up on time, getting students, getting your homework done, studying for that test, acing that test, Going out for that team that maybe you don't think you make, but even if you just go out and stretch yourself just a little bit, that's a victory. See, it's those little victories, though, that, that you might not notice that are building something in you. Because God is trying to bring you to a place. It's the grind of the daily activities, your daily routine. And the decisions you make every day that bring victory or defeat. Winning is a habit. But unfortunately, so is losing. The most successful people that you know do the little things right. The things that average people don't necessarily consider as important. They do the little things because they know that doing the little things leads to bigger things. And then doing those big things leads to bigger things. And then doing the big things leads to bigger things. And it just keeps on building on itself. It's, it's often the little things that are the difference between greatness and just settling for something less. Song of Solomon 2.15 says, It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. When you're walking in this and you're living for God, you're, you're living day to day for Jesus, I want you to know that there's victories in just the moment. So many times, especially in our world today, we, people want to kind of diminish godliness, living right, living in a way that would please God. But those things, those little things you do, the things that you do and the things you don't do, Asking yourself whether or not you should do that or whether or not you should say that, whether or not you should be there, whether or not you should actually participate in this one activity. All of those things, when you start making those decisions based on what God wants for you, they begin to create something in you. They begin to create a character that's going to be God-seeking, God-pleasing. It's those things that then bring you to greater victories later. The biggest question, I, when I, I used to be part of a, a ministerial group that was very structured. 
And when we left that group, we had people go, what does it mean to really live for God? What does it, what does it look like? Because we had lost a lot of our external structures. And, and what I said was simply this, follow Jesus. Holiness, godliness is so easy. It's follow Jesus. Would Jesus do that? You know, when you're, when you're debating something and then you look at what that situation is, you ask yourself, would God do this? Would, would God want for me to do this? And in answering the question and following him, you begin to establish those victories. Doing the little things right today will set you up for the big things right tomorrow. You see, your victories of tomorrow are in the seed of your victories today. I want to say that again. Your victories of tomorrow are in the seed of your victories today. Lou Holtz, a great coach at Notre Dame, always uh, talked about leadership. And one of his, his little um, acronyms is WIN. He, he always asks, you've got to win today. He tells his team, what do you have to do to win today? And win just means what's important now. He said, if you don't win throughout the week, you won't win on Saturday. Folks, we've got to win today. We need to understand that we're going to have battles, but most of these battles are in the will of God. Because God's trying to build something in you. So often, how many of you guys are like me where you go through a hard time and you're trying to pray your way out of it? You know, a little struggle comes and you're like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. You know, you, you declare a week-long fast and you go into intercession and, you know, your, your wife finds you in the fetal position in the corner, like, you know, sobbing and praying, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, so many times when we are going through things, we want out right? We don't want to go through that stuff. But see, so many times, if we get ourselves out, God has to do something else to build you. See, God, and this is a disappointment to some Christians. Um, I know I was disappointed when I really realized the fullness of it. But God is not very interested in my comfort. He is super interested and who I become. He, he, is, he is not all that concerned with, with how happy I am at this very moment. He's not building happiness for a moment. He's building joy for a lifetime. And, and that requires that we grow and, and get better. Anyone in here play sports? Any athletes in here? All right. Lots of athletes. So... When you have practice, I always, I love the games and hated practice. Anyone else? I know like real athletes, what they tell me is like really phenomenal athletes love practice. And that's why they're great on Saturdays or Sundays. Um, I, just, I just wanted to play the game. Don't make me go out there and sweat for three hours, you know, and puke. And, and then go sweat for another two more. And, you know, need counseling afterward. Don't make that, don't, I don't want that part. Just give me the ball. See, but, but like a good coach, God is, is interested in how you practice daily so that your game is better. God wants you better 
as a person. He's going to put you in situations that are going to cause you to be able to step into the role fully where you become kings and priests. See, Revelation 1.5 and, and or excuse me, 1.6 and uh, 5.10 say this. It says that God has made us kings and priests. That, what, what do kings do? They reign. And, and priests intercede. So in that one picture, we see that, that God wants us as Christians to be people who, who reign for him on earth through, through the ministry of the Spirit, through prayer, through establishing and stepping in fully to our place in the kingdom. I met Chris last night and uh, his beautiful family. You know, Chris is, um, is a banker. And, and it just seems... Now, we just met, brother, but I'm just going to brag on you for a minute. Um, See, God has a place for each of us, a place where we're to reign. It's our location in the kingdom. And that location could be with a microphone behind a pulpit, or it could be behind a keyboard singing a song, or it might just be being an engineer, or being a doctor, or being a banker. And, and when we step into our role, we step into the place where God's really called us to, we step into the place where we reign, God then begins to establish our authority in that place. God wants, see, this is the thing, God wants not just for you to participate in church, and, and I want you involved in church. We, there, there's nothing like seeing some per, person come to Jesus that's a little, you know, four-year-old in your Sunday school class. Or if that's teaching a Bible study somewhere, there's nothing like seeing someone turn the faith light on and come to Christ and a little tears stream down their face, watch God just move in their lives. There's nothing like that. See, but, but sometimes God wants you to reign not just in your Sunday school class. He wants you to reign at work so that, so that through your witness, you reach people that nobody else can. See, no matter where you are, if you're a janitor at the school, or if you are uh, a banker down the street, or if you are a doctor down at, the, at the, the hospital, there's a group of people that you can meet and touch that I will never meet and touch. And you might be the only Jesus that, that those people see. And when we step into our place where we allow God to bring us into our reign, then the fullness of his ministry can flow through us. And then we become a body that is more than just simply one that meets on Sunday morning. We become a functioning body of Christ that stretches to the furthest saint, wherever they are across this whole, met, this whole area. To the very least of us, our, our little five and six-year-old kids can, can go and pray for their friends and watch them get healed. God, when we step into our role, God looses the whole church. And so this is not about... Anything less than the whole body getting to the place where we all step into our gifting. We all become the people that God created us to be. But in that, we have to grab hold of the trials and become the people that God created us to be through them. See, David entered into the battle with Goliath confident. He was confident in his God. Confident in the anointing that God had placed on him. And, and that is the place of real faith. David was just a shepherd boy. He had, he had one 
thing going for him against Goliath. And that was the anointing of God. You may have nothing, folks. You may, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a whopping huge 5'6". That was 5 feet 6 inches tall if you didn't catch that. I, I know that I'm striking fear in all the people in this room right now. I've never been confused with being the tallest one in my class, ever. Um, you may be the smallest in the room. You may be the littlest kid. You may be the least educated. But see, all of that pales next to this one thing, your anointing. And if you begin to just allow God to take your anointing and empower it, that you begin to take your faith and go, I know what God's done for me. I know what God's given me. I know what I have in him. And I am going to step out into the things that God really wants for me right now that I can see him do the impossible through me. See, because you have the anointing. That's what's awesome about being part of a, of a full gospel church. You know, I, I've been parts of other churches that were not full gospel and, and they were not, there's a dynamic that's missing because there's, there's something just, there's just something a little wild about us spirit-filled folks. Just something just a little wild. You, you've got a spark in you that's set off the heavens. You have a spirit in you that created all things. And it's just about us getting into a place where we lose him to do that. See, David was confident only in God when he walked out there and he looked at that monster and said, oh yeah, you're going down today, baby. <laughs> Not because he thought he was something, but because he knew his God was everything. And you have that. And it's a matter of us tapping into that. It's a matter of us stepping into the impossible and calling down the God of the impossible that we might see the impossible become possible. That's fun. My wife and I used to travel a lot overseas and preach crusades and fun stuff like that. And, and we were in the Philippines one time and, and, and we were having, I was preaching, I guess I wasn't preaching that night, but we were having a healing service. And uh, actually, I was preaching that night. We were, we were having a healing service, and, and God began to move across the, 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 the room. And there was like 500 people in the room, and there was a lady up here on the right-hand side of the platform. And she had an external growth of cancer the size of my fist sticking out of her, her abdomen. And uh, we just prayed a simple prayer, asked God to heal her. And literally, within a minute, the entire tumor was gone. See, it is not what we are. It's who he is. It's not what we bring. It's, it's what we have in the spirit. God wants to do the impossible. But he needs somebody who's going to step out and be confident in him. To push to see the impossible. 
Now, David's faith was absolutely, absolutely in God. But I want you to know this. He was also confident in his victories too. See, David wasn't only a shepherd who had just faced this one giant this one time. Goliath was not his first victory. Goliath was just one of his victories. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 17, 33 through 37. Picking it up right there. Saul replied, and just to give you a little background, if you don't know the story, David is now asking, here, little shepherd boy, about 17 years old, he's asking, I want to go fight the giant. Now, King Saul says this, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Now hear why. Because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go. And the Lord be with you. Remember, the seeds of your victories are in the seeds. The the, the seeds of your victories tomorrow are in your victories today. When David goes and he's going to face Goliath, he's not going out there for the first time just going, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do here. It was the little victories that led to the big victory. It was then the big victories that led to bigger victories. He had already killed lions and bears. Oh, my. He was ready to face the giant. Winning the battles against the lion and the bear gave David confidence that he could win the giant as well. You see, don't minimize your victories today, folks. Don't minimize just living for God today. Don't minimize... Just coming to church and being faithful today. Because it's the little things that that build the character in your life that allow you to be able to handle what God's going to bring next. Every throne comes with a crown. And every crown has weight. And sometimes, if it seems like you've been waiting a long time to get into your crown, it's because maybe you haven't built the strength to be able to carry the weight that that crown will bring you. God is is more interested in your character than he is your charisma. He is more interested in seeing who you are than to see how good you are. He wants you to become the man or the woman he created you to be. So God brought battles to David so that he could experience victory. Your battles that you're facing are not all sent from the devil. Those that are, if the devil sends a a battle to you, well, then you fight it, and you go after it hard, 
and you go after it relentlessly. You attack that thing in prayer until it breaks. But sometimes God's process in you requires a battle come on into your life. And it requires that maybe it can't get fixed in a 20-minute or two-hour intercessory prayer meeting. Sometimes you just have to go through it. But see, if you will be faithful, and if you will grab hold of these things, and allow God to bring you the victory that's coming, then the battle that you're facing cannot defeat you. Literally, it's an impossibility. Because the God who is shaping you is not going to allow for the enemy to break you if you will just follow him. When people give up is when the problems really start. It's when they, they, they let go of that area of consecration in their lives. It's when they, they start to miss church and they start to be less faithful in their giving and they start to not serve so much at the church that, that suddenly, that's the enemy breaks in. Your battles haven't been sent to defeat you. They've been sent to make you stronger and more confident in God and in yourself. Every one of the victories, every one of the things that you're facing right now, I don't have to be a genius, nor do I have to be super gifted in the spirit to know that there's people in this room right now going through some things. But see, God... God is at work, even in the worst of situations. I, uh, I love this about the Lord. You know, sometimes we make mistakes. Anyone ever make a mistake in here other than me? All right. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to confess to a bunch of perfect people. Um, what's awesome about God is that no matter what mistakes you may have made, He's the one who can turn it around. You know, I, I love, like, I was using a, a, I was witnessing to a guy, and we were using a, we were using a poker analogy. I, I haven't played much poker in my life. I, I played, played some when I was younger and, and not as consecrated. But what was awesome about God, guys, is that you can deal God any hand, and he can look at it and go, oh, I can win with this. See, no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, no matter what mistakes you've made, he takes your hand that you've dealt yourself, and he looks and he goes, yeah, I can win with that. We have got to just allow him to play it out. We've got to allow God to take our lives and begin to mold them, to allow them, his hands to shape to allow him to play that hand as he wills so that in the end, we become the victor. See, what's awesome about God is that we already know that every victory is already established in Jesus Christ. Scripture says in Ephesians 1.3, I think it says, every spiritual blessing is already ours in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. So right now, whatever you're facing, already the victory is established for you. The question is only, are you going to get there? And the way that you guarantee that you're going to get there is you just keep 
being faithful. You keep following him. You keep walking and you keep doing the things you know to do. When you don't feel like living for him today, live for him anyway. When you don't feel like doing these, whatever it is that, 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 you know, is taxing you that moment, do it anyway. Because the reality is that God is creating in front of you the path that you're walking out by faith. Literally, faith, faith paves the road in front of you as you take steps. And we just have to keep walking. Because then, and only then, do we know that we are guaranteed the victory. That we will walk into the place where one day we'll look back and we'll see all the things we've been through and see all the things that God's brought us through and all the things he produced through it and we'll go, my goodness, God has been so good. Life is a battle. The difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is that for the Christian, the battle is taking you somewhere. For the non-Christian, it's just a battle. God is trying to shape something in us. But we have to allow it. What's amazing is that if we will walk with God, if we will follow him, there will come a day when you face your greatest battle of your life. This happened with David. David's gone through great victories at this point in his life. He's, he's defeated the bear and, and the lion. He's defeated Goliath. He's become a captain in Saul's army and had won incredible victories for him and seen God just use him to destroy the Philistine armies. But David starts getting a little nervous. Saul starts getting jealous and starts slinging javelins and ends up that David ends up running for his life. Runs off into the wilderness. And desperate, he goes to the tabernacle. And, and he's talking to the priest there. And I want you to catch this. 1 Samuel 21, verses 8 and 9. It says, David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a, a spear or a, a sword here? Because I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, who you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said this. David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. You see, when you're in the battle of your life, when you are fighting for your life, when there are no answers and you are alone, it's the old victories that you go back to. It's the old victories that you won before, that, that God brings back and puts in your hand so that you can face the enemies you're facing right now. And there's some people in this room, I don't know your stories, but I know this, 
God has brought you from a long way off. And there are testimonies that you can look back on in your life, like memorial stones that dot the landscape. And you can go, God healed me there. And you can walk over to this next one and say, this is when we, we couldn't pay our bills. And we didn't know what we were going to do. We thought the house was going to be repossessed. But God came through, provided for us miraculously. And, and, and this memorial stone over here, this is my baby was sick. And we didn't know what was going on. And we spent nights in the, in the hospital rocking her and praying for her and not knowing what God was going to do. But, but there she is. And you can go back to those memorial stones in your life and, and, and they build your story, the story of your walk with God, the story of your life with Jesus. And, and when the new enemy comes, the new trial comes, and, and you, you don't know how you're going to face it, you don't know what the answer is, there looks like there's no hope. You look back at those stones you look back at those victories and suddenly you find that in your hand is the faith to see God do the impossible once again. No matter where you are, no matter what you're facing today, win your victories today because you're building your memorial stones. You're building your weapon that when you really need it, when you really need the answer and there's no way out that you can draw back into that old victory and pull it forward saying, I know who my God is. I know what he's done for me. I know that there's no savior like him. I know there's no rock like our rock. I know that there's no body who can stand against the God of Israel. And that if I just simply pull back on my faith and let him address my problem that he can't stand against this one who's lived and died and come again because I'm his son and you're his kid your victories of tomorrow are in the seed of your victory today go win today John said, I have confidence with God if my heart condemns me not. Win today. So my question to you as we wrap up this little message is what's in your hand? What do you need from God right now? Look back at what he's done and come get what you need. Some of us need to step into a new place. Maybe you've got a new level of warfare that's going on. Maybe there's a new trial that's just knocked on your door. Maybe, maybe you're facing the trial of your life right now. What's in your hand? If you're going through some things right now, I would like the musicians to come. Some of us today need a victory. You need a victory. You need to allow 
God step in and to give you back your weapons from the past. Maybe you've been through so much stuff. Maybe you feel so beat down. You've forgotten largely what God's done. We need to revisit that today. Some of you may just need to reestablish some victories. Maybe you need to just celebrate some things today. But the reality is this. For everybody in this room right now, there's one thing I can guarantee for you. Victories in the house for you. Because Jesus is here. So why don't we stand? If God... If God has spoken to you at all today and you need some victory in your life, I invite you to come up here. I invite you to come and and look at what's in your hand and recognize that God is with you in the midst of your trials. For those of you who are not going through anything right now, I invite you to come up and I want you to just celebrate. And I want you to build a big old memorial stone there so that you can look back and know that God has done great things for you. But today, if you need maybe somebody in this room, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe all of this stuff, this talk of victories is so foreign to you. You don't even know how to even begin to put those pieces together. It starts with this one thing. It starts with you finding him. See, because Jesus is the one who loves you. He's the one who died for you and rose again. That means that not even death can conquer And whatever you need right now, if you need healing, if you need freedom, if you're in addiction and you need healing from your addiction, God right now has those answers for you. And all you have to do is come and get them. If there's anyone here that needs to know Jesus, I invite you to come up. Let someone know that you've never met him, you've never given your life to him, and we'll help you. Walk into that place where victory lives. And you'll leave here never, never being the same again. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that, Lord God, you're, you're big enough. That you alone, Lord God, hold all power in your hand. That there's nothing that can separate us from your love. There's nothing that can separate us from your victory, Lord God, if we just give ourselves to you. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for everyone in this room right now that you would step into the full victory of Jesus for each of you. That each of you would step into the place where you step and sit and reign in the place that God called you to. That you become fully the people of God that he created you to be. And that this church would shine with the power and glory of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.